You've tuned into The Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to The Dr. Lowe Show. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of the Dr. Lowe Show. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, naturopathic doctor, expert in hormones, autoimmune disease, digestive disorders, fertility, and I am looking forward to this episode today. You know, I typically focus on things health-related or mindset-related, but I also love implementing some content with parenting. I know that the either the stress or joys of parenting can really impact our health big time. And I can say this from experience now and working with patients over the last, you know, 13 years, um, creating more harmony in the home can really help with our health. So I know that you will enjoy this show. If you have been listening to the show and you are getting some good value out of it, I would be so honored if you can just press pause, head over to, um, the podcast, app and leave a review for us. That would be wonderful. It, I read all the reviews. They warm my heart and I would be forever grateful. Um, also, if you are interested in doing some deep diving into your own health, maybe you want to check your hormones. Maybe you want to check for food sensitivities, maybe leaky gut. Um, if you're just dealing with like brain fog or memory issues or mood issues, maybe your periods are awful and you would like easier periods, all these things we work with all the time. So my appointments with patients are virtual. They're all on zoom or the phone. We can get labs done where you go to a lab or you get a mobile phlebotomist to come to your house and get your labs done. And then we work together. I interpret the labs for you. I write a plan for you. And then we do the retesting and we check in and I'm telling you, it is so fun what I do because it works. I got into naturopathic medicine for my own health journey, and I believe in it as someone who's gone through it myself, and I've seen amazing changes over the last 13 years working with patients. So I would be honored to work with you. If you want more information about that, you can go over to the website, shinenaturalmedicine.com, shoot us an email, um, or you can give us a call and the information is on there. So with that said, let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm really excited about this episode. This is some fresh content. We don't do a lot in terms of like parenting skills, but as you guys know, I'm a mom of a three-year-old. So a lot of times, you know, it's all about me, right? So like the episodes that I have a lot of times are things that I feel like excited to talk about. And I know a lot of you are parents and you will relate to this content, whether you have young kids, older kids. So I, I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. So we have an amazing guest, Wendy Snyder on the show. So I actually am a part of a MOPS group, which stands for Mothers of Preschoolers. And if any of you mamas who have a preschooler, if you're not in a MOPS group, you have to get into a MOPS group because we all need support and it's just wonderful. So how it's structured is you basically attend these events. You can bring your kiddos with you. I think most MOPS have, have childcare and you basically go and have your kids watched and you can be there and soak in. You just like a couple of hours, be there with other mamas. They usually have a speaker of some sort, super inspiring. And then you get your kid back and you leave feeling like a new woman. So highly recommend a MOPS group. I think it's MOPS International. You can Google it. But anyway, Wendy came and she spoke to our, our group and 
I was like, I need this content. Cause I have never been around kids until having my child. I mean, I didn't even know how to change a diaper when I was pregnant. So that's where I was starting from. So I love any kind of tips, any wisdom from moms who have, you know, been in the trenches and, and have different ways to make motherhood a little bit easier. Um, and of course, you know, every child is different. So take these ideas and try them out, but you know, ultimately it's finding out what works for you, but, but it was really helpful. And I was implementing some of the things that I learned and it was working really well. So I was like, all right, we got to have her on. So Wendy Snyder is my guest. She's a mom of two. She's a certified parenting educator and family life coach. She inspires parents to learn and grow through connection-based positive parenting strategies. So we'll find out what the heck that means as the host of the Fresh Start Family Show. So it's a wonderful podcast. We'll link it in the show notes. And she's the founder of freshstartfamilyonline.com. She helps parents ditch the threats, yelling, and harsh punishments so they can live life as a joyful and confident parent with kids that listen and cooperate as well. Families who take part in her learning and coaching programs experience radical shifts in their hearts, minds, souls that help them to create rock solid relationships with their kids while at the same time teaching important life lessons and helping to raise the next generation of leaders, change makers, and important human souls. So love that. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Lauren. I'm so happy to be here. Um, It's so good to have you. Thanks for saying yes. Absolutely. It was so fun meeting you that day. And if you recall, we, if it was like so perfect that we met on the stairs after I spoke that day, because you had sent me a message and I didn't get it. It went to like my spam folder in Instagram and because you stopped me and we chatted, um, we dug out that email and I, we never would have connected if you wouldn't have stopped and like said hello. And Yay. so I'm happy you went out of your way. Um, and we're getting to chat today. Cause it's going to be a great conversation. Yes. I find that some of my favorite guests, I've been doing this show like 12 plus years, whatever, but some of my favorite guests, I know I'm old school. People are like, what's a podcast when I first started, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, you know, my favorite guests, are the ones that I see them speak and I'm like, I got to bring this to my, my peeps. So let's dive in. Like, why, why is this something that you're, that you educate people about? Did you have your own, you know, rough experiences being a mom? And then you wanted to dive into how to do this a little easier, get into positive parenting. What's a little bit more of your background story getting into this? Yeah, that's exactly my story, which (laughs) is, is I always find so many, so many educators and fellow colleagues of mine in the space that become parenting educators or coaches or all that good stuff. Um, it often comes out of a story where you were like, Oh, hit rock bottom, or it became a lot harder, um, than you thought it would ever be. So yeah, that's my story. So I am kind of the opposite. I was around kids my whole life and, um, was a springboard diving coach from the age of 13, had my own program here in San Diego up until, um, right before I had kids, I nannied throughout college, um, was just felt like I was always like really, experienced and good with kids. So when I had kids, I thought like, dude, I'm going to be, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be like, I I know, like they're going to know how to listen to, I'm going to know how to get them to listen. And just, it felt like it was going to come so easy. Uh, But (laughs) when I had my first, um, she came into the world, just the most amazing, beautiful, strong-willed child. And I really, I'm really not kidding when I say you could feel her beautiful strength from birth. So we had a really traumatic birth, unfortunately, absent birth, torn placenta. Thank God we are both alive. Um, And I feel like her strong will probably helped save her life because she was so determined to, she's just so determined in everything that she does. So um, I really do thank God every second of the day for that strong will, because I do think it Mm. saved her life. Um, But you could just sense Stella was really um, just like a strong spirit when she was a baby. um, 
she held her high, her head like on her own very, very early. I swear it was like a week or two. We were like, is she holding her head on her own? And <laughs> she was always like this kind of muscular kid. We would hold our baby's kids and they would just kind of be like this tub of like buttery goo and they were just squishy and they would sit in their car seats and just chill. And Stella <laughs> never did. She was like kind of muscular and um, she had colic really bad the first four months of her life. So mm-hmm. transitioning into motherhood was rocky. And then by the time she was like a year, we'd, we'd have her at Christmas parties and like people would look at her and smile and she would like give them the stink eye. Like, don't you look at me? Like she just <laughs> feel this little girl had this spirit of of strength. Um, and so I was working, um, a corporate job and it was, uh, when I went to have my second, so my little guy, um, about three years later and decided I wanted to stay home with the kids. And that's when, you know, the poop really hit the fan <laughs> because <laughs> I let go of my amazing nanny who was just the best, loved her so much and said, I'm going to stay home and it's going to be this amazing thing. And, you know, we live two miles from the beach and the kids will nap every day and the house will be clean and I'll just be uh-huh. So lucky, lucky, right? Like right. so lucky to stay home, begged my husband, told the accountant, we will eat tuna fish if we need to just please, can we make this work? Um, and so a few months into it, I just was miserable. I was miserable and I was fighting all day long with my strong-willed little girl at the same time. Mm. She started to skip her nap because she was about three and a half at the time. And I was like, no, no, this will not happen. <laughs> I need a break. And, um, and then the younger one, the baby had colic too. So both of my kids had colic, which is nuts. You don't hear that happening too often mm-hmm. where you get two of them. So he was miserable. And I was just like, man, what, what the heck? Like, this is not what I signed up for. And then I just felt like, I think that's where the shame really started to impact my motherhood journey, where I was oh, like, yeah. what is wrong with me? Like, mm-hmm. I should be thankful, you know, here I have this opportunity to be home with my babies. Like people would kill for this. And I'm like, wishing I could run away, wishing mm. I didn't want to be together, especially with her. Like, I didn't like her. I didn't want to be together with her. I thought something's gotta be wrong with this kid. So we had her at all the doctors um, in the world, like really thinking like maybe if if um, someone tells us she's ODD or ADD, that mm-hmm. we would have some pill or some answer that would like explain this all. But at the same time, I found positive parenting. I got invited to a free class here in Encinitas, California at my little girl's preschool. And um, the minute I started hearing these strategies and these concepts and realizing how much um what was going on had to do with me and not necessarily just my little girl. The light just started to come back to me. Um, My days um, became more joyful. She naturally and organically started to behave better. Once honestly, I started to behave better. Like my Mm -hmm. eyes were very open to the behavior I was having. I was very reactive and overpowering and using fear and force tactics, which I now call just hand me down parenting tactics, um, Mm -hmm. to try to get this strong-willed little girl to comply. And that's just not how strong-willed kids roll. And, um, a lot of times they will dig their feet in the mud even more if you pressure them. And so thank God I got the memo and learned a new way. And, the rest is history. I became an educator probably, um, probably about two years later. Cause I was like, dang, this has really changed everything for me as a mom as, and for our family. And I gotta, I gotta spread this, this light across the world. So when I became certified, I knew I taught in town here, um, for a little bit and I still, you know, speak on stages and stuff for local Southern California groups, but 
I really wanted to spread this message all over the world and, and help families in small towns in Kentucky or the mountains of Austria, wherever they may be, or like on the coast of Australia that might not have access to uh, positive parenting. So I knew I wanted to put it online. And so that's when I built um, our custom online learning platform. It's called Fresh Start Family. And we help families all over the world now and through a membership program and a course and life coaching weekend courses. And it's just amazing. So that's five years. We, we celebrated five years this year. Woohoo. Congrats. Yeah. Virtual high Thanks. five. That's wonderful. So when you, when you had that aha and you changed, changed your ways, what, what was, what's the first thing that you changed that made a difference in that dynamic with you and your daughter? Yeah. What well, are, yeah. The biggest thing, and this is what I teach students, like right out the gate, module one of our, our main foundations courses, it was just paradigm shifting. It was mm -hmm. like, I really went from, um, seeing my daughter when she didn't comply, when she didn't put on her shoes, when she wouldn't brush her teeth, when she was like, um, before I would call her like dramatic, right? Like <laughs> if her, if she, she wouldn't wear like certain pants, right? Like, don't be so dramatic. Um, I really just started to understand that misbehavior is communication. And this little girl is not out to get me. She's not conniving and like trying to be this disobedient little brat. Like she's just figuring out how to do this thing called life. And she's really trying to communicate something here. And so the biggest thing was just changing the way I saw her in her worst moments and realizing that my back was not up against a wall. I did not have to intimidate, overpower, punish, you know, um, try to make her, I, I didn't need to use fear and force essentially, um, or feel like I wasn't good enough. If the first or second thing I tried didn't work instantly, like I was empowered. I had choices, I had new tools that I could try, but it all really started with changing the way I saw her. And really that came down to releasing a lot of blame. Mm -hmm. So like in that season, it was probably like six months, but it felt like eternity um, before I really realized what was going on. Um, I, I just blamed her for everything. And there was no awareness. There was no concept of like, oh, maybe when you walk into a situation and raise your voice or try to pressure this kid, you're actually making it worse. Maybe like she's bouncing right off of you. Maybe her mirror neurons are firing when you bring chaos into her meltdown. Like there was just no awareness. There was like, yeah, that's what kids do. They listen. They, you're the parent, they listen. And if they don't, there's something wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And then that was so thick in, in my faith, my Christian world too, of like, you know, just this idea of obedience and, right. um, and it, it was just like really confusing. So thank God that I just got, um, clarity and realized that that was none of that was actually true. I just had been blessed with a beautiful, strong-willed little girl who, um, was going to change my life if mm. I allowed her to be one of my teachers. Um, one of, and she really is to this day, one of my greatest teachers. So she's 15 now, Laura, wow. she's 15 and she's thriving in life. She's a normal What's her kid. name? Her name's Stella. Stella. Yeah. And how many children do you have again? Two. I've got a Two. 12 year old little boy. Who's like opposite of a sister, chill, <laughs> mellow. He's got his own challenges. Like every kid, every kid has yeah. their own challenges. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Stella's 15 and a half. And what's your driving. son's name? It's Taryn. Taryn. Yeah. Awesome. So, um, my son Zion, who's three, he sounds like a complete boy version of Stella. 
And I have found myself at times being like, I love him, but I don't like him. And then I notice it and I'm like, okay. And so I, you know, I also had a paradigm shift. I think listening to you talk really helped that actually. And, mm-hmm. you know, my son is very strong will, but I'm like, thank God he is. Cause I want him to be a dragon slayer in this world. I want him yeah. to be able to have that strength, that resilience to handle all the things that, are, that will come to him or come at him. Um, but I also really want him to be, you know, emotionally intelligent and be able to have the freedom to feel emotions and stuff like that too. So I, I think with your show, you talk a lot about those topics. So people want to have like a deeper dive into those, but um, how do we, so like with Stella or with someone like, you know, a child like Zion, or if anyone listening, they're like, that's my child too. So what are some simple ways that you can help them to still, you know, like honor who they are naturally, that strong-willed child, but also be able to kind of work with them and let it be a little bit more harmonious beside the, the paradigm shift. Yeah. Well, I'll, you know what, I'll just use an example from last night, my, mm-hmm. that it's someone just, just someone just gave me, this will be a good, like tactical example. Um, but so we, we teach a ton when it comes to power struggle. So I, my three favorite things that I love to teach on compassionate discipline, like helping parents switch out of punishment, move into compassionate discipline. Mm-hmm. I teach about, um, how to be responsive versus reactive. And that like, will change your whole world, um, mm-hmm. with your kids and your family. And then also power struggles, which is like, how do you avoid being like locked in combat with these kids all day long and locked in combat means it's like, put on your shoes. And they're like, no, and you're like, yes. No, I don't want to. Well, I don't care if you want to, like you're going to put on your shoes, right? Like, or get in the bath, right? Homework, um, eating your vegetables, whatever it may be. So that's yes. a power struggle. So with, within my program, it's called the Fresh Start Experience. We, we teach 10 ways to prevent that. So that means like every day before, like on a day-to-day basis, just like you, you feed your kid healthy, nutritious meals to pour into their body, like the things that they need, right? Mm -hmm. Every day on a day-to-day basis, you really want to be working with speaking, mentoring, teaching, disciplining your kids in a way that will prevent them from, from engaging in power struggles with you. And the basis of that is every human on the planet has basic needs. And this Mm -hmm. is what, when children are misbehaving, they're just communicating that they, they, they're having trouble getting a need met and they, they, are asking for help essentially. So a lot of times these power kids, they, they have this very, so the needs are, they need to feel powerful. They need to belong. They need to feel and give unconditional love. They need to feel valuable. Those are some of the basics, but belonging and power are huge. They, Mm -hmm. especially now that I'm watching my teenager and her friends operate in the world, I'm like, holy smokes. Like it is intense. Like to see how much, um, as teenagers, these kids, are making mistakes like her friends it's just wild to watch like what's happening with the nor- like the normal kids who aren't raised in a positive parenting home what they're doing to to get belonging and to also feel powerful when they have not a lot of power at home is heartbreaking but mm-hmm. there's two stages of life where kids are like super power surgy that's from 2 to 6 which is right where Zion is and then the teen between and teen years where they their developmental, it's developmentally appropriate for them to be seeking power. They are, they're already hardwired to have this like big bucket, so to speak, as far as the need to feel powerful. And then these years are just power surges where their brain is like developing their independence. They are testing boundaries. So they understand what am I capable of? Like, how am I going to feel powerful? How am I going to feel valuable in the world? Like, how am I going to fit in all these things? That's more belonging, but So essentially the point is, 
is you just want to become someone who understands a parent who understands how to pour in to your children every single day. So that's the prevention part. And that's really, really important. You can't just have the dissolving part. So then we teach these 10 strategies for dissolving, which is like, okay, this is when you're like, get in the shower. And they're like, no, right. Or get in the bath. No. Um, that's, that's when you want to like be able to, um, dissolve it with integrity because 99% of parents, right? Like, let's just call it 90, maybe like, you know, this, this firm and kind connected relationship-based parenting model is spreading, thank God, but it's still, you know, 90% of parents haven't heard the message, but they, they just go right to the threats. They go right to the overpowering. If you don't get in the shower, something's going to happen. If you don't do what you're told, your iPad's going to be taken away. Like it's a lot of threats. It's a lot of overpowering. It's a lot of, um, intimidation. And then when there's mistakes made, it's a lot of punishment to try to instill a fear of consequences in the future. So that whole model just not only jacks kids and families up, but it actually (laughs) doesn't work to get them to listen better tomorrow, to listen better tonight or tomorrow. So here's an example. So one of the strategies we teach within that 10, like it's, it's in actually both prevention and dissolving, but one of the strategies is to empower them. So the, if you're listening right now and you're like, think what I used to think, which is like, oh dude, my kid does not need more power. If I, if you give them an inch, they're going to take a mile, then listen up <laughs> because it's, it's the actual, it's such falsehoods. Like these kids will not go out into the world and rule the world and think that they the world revolves around them when you give them more power in the home. Mm. They actually their souls will relax. They they will they will be more behaved in the classroom when mm-hmm. they are actually empowered in their home with their parents or their family. So I'll give you an example last night. So I have an intern who names Miley. She actually doesn't even have kids yet, but she was babysitting. She's been a nanny for quite some time and just graduated with a marketing degree. So she's um, doing some great work with me, but she um, was babysitting last night after two jobs. She said she was so tired back to back nanny, nanny gigs. It was like eight o'clock at night. She was putting down these three kids and she was like, Wendy, it was so funny because I, you know, I channeled fresh start family and she's like <laughs> fresh to this work, right? Like she's <laughs> just been with me for three months and she's just learning it, but she knows this empowerment piece is so important. And she said, one of these kids is super spicy. She's like, she is, she is the Stella and the Zion of the group. And so she said, it was wild. She was like, I was trying to put the baby down. And then the older one thought she was going to throw up. And so I was upstairs and I told this, this middle kid or something, she said, Hey, can you just, once you finish your dinner, go ahead and come upstairs, get your PJs on and I'll come help you. And as she's helping these other two kids upstairs, this, this middle spicy kid is just screaming, My! <laughs> like <laughs> down here all alone. Like, ah! and essentially she's not doing what Miley asked. Right. So she's like, you were supposed to finish your dinner, come upstairs, put on, put on your pajamas. But she's like, no, I won't do it. I want you to be here, blah, blah, blah. So Miley said she, you know, before fresh start family, she's like, I've always been good with kids, but I would have gone to that model of like, probably yelled down the stairs. Like, you know, like (laughs) she joked that she would have said, shut up, but I know she probably wouldn't have. She probably would have been like, stop yelling, like, like, stop it, you know, like, or just Mm -hmm. had this very stern, firm, like some type of intimidation probably would have come out. Cause that's just what we know what to do. That's what culture. And also a lot of our, our parenting growing up has taught us. So anyway, she said, but I didn't, she goes, I actually walked downstairs and I looked her in the eyes and I said, Hey, there's a lot going on right now. And I need your help. 
Um, I know that you told me that you are now reading those Bob books. I guess she just started to be able to read these these books that have like words that she can read and she's all excited about it. And she goes, so can you be in charge of re- reading? I guess there was a toddler. Can you be the boss or in charge of reading the little one, some books as I help your older sister who thinks she might puke? Um, Cause I need some help. And she said, she was like, heck yes, I can. <laughs> and she gobbled up her dinner, ran oh. upstairs got in her jammies and to have this job and to be in charge and to be given power in the moment where so many people, parents, caregivers, nannies would have taken it away. She said the night was so peaceful. Everyone went to bed so well. There was no crying. There was no tears. There was no whining. She said it was crazy. And I'm like, there you go, Miley. You're getting a sneak peek of this before you have your own kids, which is my dream for the world one day is that everyone gets it before they're in crisis. But heck yeah. That's that's an example. That would totally work, I think, for Zion too, because there's times where I'll be like, you know, I mean, I... I try to honor my husband as kind of the leader of the family. So I say, you know, he's the boss and Zion will say, no, I'm the boss. <laughs> <laughs> so I, maybe I could just have him be the boss of certain things, you know, certain roles, certain tasks. I think he'd eat that up. Gold. Yes. Every, everyone in the family deserves to be the boss here and there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I know you, I know your husband would say, heck yeah, my boss is, my wife is the boss of A, B, C, D, and E, right? right? Like there's everyone, everyone gets to be the boss and that's okay. That's what healthy leaders do. They right. enlist the help of others, like healthy presidents of organizations. They have many different teams and there are many different bosses of those teams. So mm-hmm. that's the way teamwork and real life operates, you know? Right. And one of the episodes you have on your podcast is that conscious parenting, it doesn't mean you can't say no, you can actually say no. So any tips or ways to be able to say no without it causing World War III? Heck yeah. So, (laughs) so yeah. um, So many times I think, you know, so we do a lot of, uh, so I'm a a life coach in addition to being a parenting educator. So we go pretty deep within my programs and help families understand why things feel so hard, why things trigger us so easily. Mm. But one of the reasons why it's hard to say no to our kids with like a neutral detached tone is because we were, most of us were not allowed to say no growing up. Mm. Right. Like, you mean, you know, there's a lot of people out there who were like, if you said no to your parents, like there was often like either physical or emotional pain that would come out of that, whether it was shaming or threats or a finger in your face or um, just reactive tendencies that were just like, oh my gosh, like unsettled, right? Your amygdala would fire off fast, like danger, danger, danger. Um, So now, like as we are actually raising these human souls who we actually want them to know how to say no, no is not a bad word. No is a Mm -hmm. healthy word. Like, I've never been more thankful to like have this language of, of living and parenting be our fluency in our home as I am now with my daughter being 15 years old as a teenager in Southern California. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Thank God. Someone taught me how to teach her how to say no respectfully and not shut it down. Right. So, um, so, so just know that it, it can trigger us like to, to feel like our kids are messing with us. They are disrespecting us. They're being disobedient. They're just trying to get what they want. 
every single human being is just trying to get what they want in life. So when you respond and you set a firm boundary with detachment, with neutrality, with empathy and compassion, but with firmness, Mm -hmm. kids receive it so much easier than thinking that with every no and then pushing the no that we have to escalate into intimidation mode. It's just not the way it is. So we have a four-step process um, that we teach here. It's actually like we have a a little mini program called the Firm and Kind Parenting Blueprint. I'll I'll send you the link so you can link it if you want. But it's like four easy steps where with strong-willed kids, especially, you want to make a lot of agreements. Like so much of our power as parents comes in the calm times, not in the heightened times. So calm times, calm times, calm times. That's when we're the greatest teachers and they're the greatest students. When emotions are settled, they're neutral. So for example, if your little guy pushes back every single day on getting dressed in the morning, you're going to want to make an agreement the night before about how to work as a team in the morning, how to like get yourself, get everyone like out the door and in the car by a certain time. We teach you within that program, essentially like how to make it an actual agreement where you're helping your child understand how the rule is good for him, not just us. Like the traditional model is like, because I freaking said so. Well, that doesn't work. That's, that's what is actually a compliance statement. So when you say to your kids, like, we are going to get in the car by seven 45 tomorrow. And if mm-hmm. not, then you will not have screen time when you get home. That's a compliance statement combined with a threat. So mm-hmm. instead, we'll, we teach how to do agreements. So agreements are in a neutral time. They're connecting. They're about teamwork. They're about educating your child about why you want to have the life skill of actually being early to school. It feels mm-hmm. good. Your nervous system is settled, like all these things we teach. So that's the agreement part. And then the next day when they push back and you're like, okay, time to get dressed. And they're like, no, I want to play. You know, you go right to empathy. Empathy is like, no wonder you want to play. You're three. You Mm -hmm. love your dinosaurs. They're literally like your favorite thing in the world right now. And what was our agreement that we talked about last night when it came to teamwork this morning? And you wait for them to answer. Because again, we're like trying to get out of this disempowered state of like, I'll tell you exactly what to do. You will listen. You will do everything you say. You don't know the answers. I know the answers. Like again, you're strong-willed kids. It just it's going to stack up in one, like, it just doesn't work. Um, so then you wait and then you say, okay, so here's your choices. Do you want to get dressed fast like a cheetah? Or do you want to get dressed fast like a racehorse? Do you want to do it? On, <laughs> and, and some, you know, parents are going to be like, well, what if they don't choose? Well, trust me, once you bring in play, especially with the little ones, they do respond fast. Um, even choices with the older ones, like just the other night, Stella was like, um, um, we had just gotten back from therapy and I was like, uh, Hey, uh, I, I needed to finish something for my podcast actually real quick. And, um, and she was, she had in and out and I was like, Hey, can you, um, feed the dogs real quick? And, um, and, and I realized in the same moment, I know this crazy story in the same moment, I realized that Herbie had gotten into like, try to get into the trash. Cause one of the kids had poured like chicken noodle soup. So the trash <laughs> needed to be dumped. I needed to finish something real quick on the podcast for my podcast manager and the dogs needed to be fed. And she had fresh in and out. And I was like, Hey, can, can you go feed the dogs real quick? Cause the black lab like freaks out when he's hungry. And she was like, no mom, no, no, no. I don't want to. My, 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 I'm so hungry. I'm starving. Like blah, blah, blah. And I, and I just went right to the the choice part. And I was like, okay, okay. I need help. So you can either take this, this, um, trash out and I'll feed the dogs, 
or you could feed the dogs and I'll take the trash out. Which one do you choose? Because I got to take care of this. I forgot to do it. Amy needs it. And she was, she kind of ex- exhaled. She was like, Ugh. she's like, okay, I'll feed the dogs. But <laughs> it just, it, it just empowered her enough that the argument didn't have to escalate. The dogs got fed. I took the trash out. I sat down at my desk and I finished that task for the podcast within like five or 10 minutes and it was done. Like, so choices can be for little kids. They can be for big kids. Um, but that little four-step process is just one idea on your, you know, when you ask, how do we say no without yeah. turning it into world war, world war three. Yes. And a tongue twister, world war three, <laughs> yeah. all that is gold. I really love that. And I, I definitely have the little bit of the, if, if you don't do this, you won't be able to get that. And that's just not even fun to say. And it, if, I mean, on the flip side, I would be like, Ugh, but doing yeah. it just with the different languaging, um, it makes it seem just more enjoyable as a parent. And it also fosters a deeper connection, right? Cause you guys are, you have that harmony. You're on the same page. So that's, that's gold. I yeah, know a lot and- of, yeah, go for it. Sorry, hold that thought for one second. Another, we we can teach you how to flip the threat really easily just into sequencing. Sequencing mm-hmm. is like, first we do this, then we do that. Mm. It just takes the the overpowering out of it and it works really well because it's just, it's just a firm boundary. Like first we take a shower, then we go to school. Right. <laughs> like, especially if you have stinky, my little teenager, my little tween, he's almost 13. I'm like, Showers are no longer negotiable, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you don't want to be offending people with your aroma. Let's, let's yeah. clean this up. Um, one thing I've been doing, and you can tell me if you think this is a great tactic or if there's a way to, you know, shift this. So my son loves these protein bars, but they're like adult size protein bars. So yeah. when he's like, can I have a bar? I'm like, sure. You can have half now and half later. So I give him half. And then let's say we're going to target or something. I'll give him half before. And then as we're in the store, a lot of times it's hard to transition to get him to leave a place. Yeah. Well, it's hard to get him to go to a place, but once he's there, it's hard to get him to leave. So, um, you know, I'll be like, Oh, the, the, the rest of your bar is in the car. And he's like, okay, let's go. So is that okay? Or does that have him be an emotional eater? <laughs> I know. Right. You know what? I think, you know, in general, I, I try to empower parents with the most ways possible to like, not rely on food yeah. or rewards or bribery. And the way you just described that Lauren, um, I think, I think that's great. You know, it's yeah. like, you, it's, a, and if you only wanted him to have half of it, like in the afternoon, um, you could just work, you could get creative with that and have half of it, um, half of half a quarter. Mm-hmm. And then the other half um, of the quarter when he gets back. But that is more to me, a little bit of sequencing. Yeah. We're going to have half now and enjoy it. And we're learning to like eat slow and check in with our belly. Like, mm-hmm. how do we feel? Are we hungry? Are we not? And then we're going to get our shopping done. And then we'll come back once our belly has digested that and we can check in. Are we hungry? Are we not? Then we'll come back and we'll have access to that other quarter that's in the car. But it's, to me, that sounds more like sequencing. If you were to say- yeah at the checkout, um, if you don't, if you don't sit still and stop it, then you're not getting your bar. That's Mm. what, that's what then comes into what's what we call external motivation. And, um, and again, it's just chopping at the bit as far like it's, it's just little teeny, um, dips from the power bucket that keep happening all day long. Um, and it's bringing in this idea of like, um, it's just a lot of disempowerment and that stuff stacks up over time. So, right. and then it brings, brings in the like food is the reward, but I like it the way you have it is like, 
you know, and I think I could think of a lot of examples that we do. We do that in, in adult life too. And it's fine. Like I'm going to have a little bit of coffee and then I'm going to go do my jog and I'll look forward to the rest of my latte when I get back. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to take the coffee on my jog with me. Right. So sequencing can be great and it can be a great way to, to motivate um, little ones, especially. Yeah, definitely. So um, any tips that you have for co-parenting? I, I have a good amount of patients who do co-parent and, you know, sometimes they get frustrated because they feel like they're really good parenting skills that they're implementing. Obviously, it, you know, it doesn't necessarily translate on the other parent side, um, you know, whether there's certain foods that they're trying to implement or certain supplements or even just ways to communicate or discipline or, you know, you know what I'm saying? So just how can someone navigate that a little better? Yeah. Well, I'd say, so once you really get yourself into a program, um, and really start to become fluent in like connected firm and kind relationship-based parenting, where again, you are using compassionate discipline for your children's entire journey from zero to 18, like, you know, whenever you find the work, when you are Mm -hmm. fully looking at yourself and looking at all the places you have reactive tendencies and changing into becoming a responsive parenting, like a responsive parent with all the the triggers and the challenges and the mistakes that happen with your kids. And then also like approaching your children in a way that you are working as a team Mm -hmm. to, to gain influence instead of like trying to make them cooperate like that, all learning all of that and becoming fluent with your own children that translates to your relationships with everyone in your life. So whether yeah. that's your colleagues, your co-part, your, you know, your ex, your part person, your part co-parenting with, it will show up all over the place and people will notice that you've changed. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my biggest tip, right? Like if you realize that you are reactive, you are punishing and you are like trying to handle power struggles with threats, bribery, rewards, fear, force, intimidation, all the things like it's just a, it's just a sign an invitation to get yourself into the, a program where you can be mentored and encouraged and taught a different way of living that then when you need to ask for what you want at your co-parents house, whether it's the way the kid eats or the way the, the kid is disciplined, you are able to influence that co-partner with that co-parent partner with dignity and they're going to want to cooperate with you a lot more than the BS tactics that we rely on when you parent in that way. Cause it's just the, it's a direct reflection. Like with adults, it comes out as like passive aggressiveness. Right. And you think that's going to make the co-parent want to do things the way you're doing it, but really they just often dig their feel their heels in more and they resist what you want them to do more. So it all, it all comes down to like, first, you really got to start with you get really fluent in the language of positive, firm and kind, connected based parenting. Um, and then I would just say on top of that, Lauren is, you know, the life coaching side of this. I mean, we do everything inside the Fresh Start Experience program, but we also have some really cool weekend programs um, where we go a lot deeper with this kind of stuff where you can understand like, what do I do when it seems like this other person won't do anything that I want them to. Like we, we help you like change, like get out of a state of blame and victim mindset and step into like, here's how I can influence with dignity. Here's how I can like 
really take responsibility for my part without shame. Here's how I can forgive. Here's how I can ask for what I want when I have a tendency to become maybe permissive or let them do whatever they want. So we have yeah. a lot of programs that help people go deeper with that. It's so good. And just staying in your locus of control, right? Like stay on your paper, do everything to be the best and informed and, you know, kind and firm, right? Parent and, and really just not have that mindset that you're going to be a victim in this situation or that, you know, your kid won't turn out however way because of the other parent, like just shifting that, that pair, a lot of this is paradigm shifts, you know, and just staying in that empowered place. And it's just such a freedom or a feeling of freedom with that, rather than feeling so constricted as a victim. Right. So, um, heck yeah, yeah. amen to all that. That's exactly it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, there's 90 different like rabbit trails I could go in with you, but I know this is like the time's flown by. So, (laughs) but a lot of you guys listening, you know, some of the episodes that Wendy has in her podcast, how to bully proof your kids, um, how to work with picky eaters, tips for homeschooling, um, how to raise kids who don't rebel, you know, lots of, lots of different subtopics you can go into, but are there any other like things you want to leave with us before you head out? I mean, we could go in a lot sure. of different questions. Yeah. No, you know, I'll, I'll drop one last little nugget is if, um, parents are, are listening and they're like, Oh crap. Like I'm doing all the things that she's like, don't do that. Right. Mm-hmm. I just want to remind you that like, that just means you're human and, um, and your heart will either open with like, when you hear a message like this, or it will constrict. And I think a lot of you, as you're listening and you're realizing like, shoot, I am relying on threats and punishment. And I just freaked out on my kids this morning. I yelled at like, wasn't even 8am and I was screaming at them already. Or like (laughs) I did grab a wrist too tight today, or I did, um, solve like three power struggles yesterday with threats or bribery, whatever it may, may be like, no one is here to tell you what you're doing is wrong. You are doing a great job. These kids, you know, they are, they are alive. (laughs) They have a roof over their head. You've got food in their mouths. Like you're doing a great job. There is no need to feel shameful about anything. There's just an invitation to say like, Oh my gosh, there's a, there's a different way. Like there is a different way that could not only get me better results with my kids listening better and cooperating more, but help me feel, um, better when I lay my head on my pillow at night and not feel, guilty and shameful all the time, but instead empowered and like really proud and inspired of the way that I chose to handle the mistakes and the challenges of the day. So don't let yourself go to a place of shame. If you've got some stuff going on that you're like, you really realize you want to clean up and learn how to do things differently. Um, cause shame will, shame will not help you. And it's just not, it's just not necessary. There's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with your kids. You've just been conditioned. Um, by culture and also like you're probably your family of origin that that's the way. And it's just, there's so many different options. So stay in a place of compassion for yourself and know that, um, being human and making mistakes and learning how to do things differently is really a wonderful way to teach your kids how to be human, how to make mistakes and how to decide to do things differently. Totally. Like you, the way you treat yourself is so important and for them just to model what they see. And if you don't feel like you've been treating yourself well, forgive yourself, flush it down the toilet, you know, start fresh wherever you're starting from. Um, I know you have a, a quick start learning bundle, right. For people who want to just jump in and, and learn a little more of some of the basics, right. So that's at your website. I think it's um, freshstartfamilyonline.com, right. 
Yes. And that is, that is for the people who are like, yes, I have a strong-willed kid or I have a kid in a power surge stage of life. And Wendy, I need tips. So that'll, that'll come with a free learning guide. And then also an invitation to do a free workshop with me all about power struggles. Love it. Love it. And then your, um, podcast is fresh start, fresh family. Our podcast is the fresh start family show. Fresh start family show. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So all the platforms. And then I love to hang out on Instagram. So I'm at fresh start Wendy over there. Um, people can come find me, follow along, shoot me a DM. If you're, if you're listening to this right now and you love it, screenshot it, tag, um, Dr. Lowe and myself, I'm at fresh start Wendy and let me know what you loved about the conversation or, or it may be an aha moment that you had that you're like, Oh my gosh, I want to learn more about this, Wendy. Like, tell me more. And I can always give you the link for the the quick start learning bundle there too. But it's free and it's just an easy place to start learning with me because I have so much I want to teach you guys. Your Instagram is so fun. So it's always fun seeing the behind the scenes too. So good job with all that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your time with us. We really appreciate it. I know so many of the listeners have gotten um, just really helpful takeaways that they can start to implement right away. So that's really nice. Like the quick things that we can start. And then obviously you guys definitely do a deeper dive um, just to get some of the deeper training. And so thank you again. Thanks for being my guest today. Lauren, thanks so much for having me. This was so much fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.